Hey, my name's Andrea, and this is the Market With Me Quickly podcast. In the middle of making our very first episode in a series of interviews that would follow, the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. The entire reason we started making this podcast was to inform, educate, and assist marketers do their jobs just a little bit better. Now, I realize we have an opportunity here to do just that, which is why we're releasing this episode of How to Market During a Pandemic right now. And I just want to point out, we realize this isn't the typical way to kick off a new series, but these are unusual times. Our first guest is Deb Gordon. She's a seasoned executive specializing in healthcare, innovation, strategy, marketing, communications, and growth. She has held a variety of executive roles in healthcare, which includes leading marketing for a health plan that served residents in Massachusetts for nearly a decade. She has spent the last two years researching and writing a book called The Healthcare Consumer's Manifesto, How to Get the Most for Your Money. The book is about shopping for healthcare in America, why it's so hard, and what consumers can do to change that. It was based on deep consumer research she conducted as a senior fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School's Mozavar Ramani Center for Business and Government. She understands how consumers are making healthcare decisions when it comes to their own finances. Our conversation shed light on the challenge of marketing something that is both necessary and complicated, which I'm excited to share because I think marketers in other industries will take a lot away from it. But that's in a later episode. How can marketers use this as an opportunity rather than a hindrance, also in an ethical way? That is a great great question and comment as well. I think that the pandemic really highlights for a lot of people the fact that healthcare costs money out of our pockets. So people, there have been some news reports and essays about folks who are worried about who have either been stuck with large bills because they were quarantined uh, or needed, you know, observation or care or people who are worried about going to get health care to get tested for the virus or to what if they need treatment, um, not to mention the economic anxiety about what if I can't work? You know, what if I have to stay home? Um, so I think that the coronavirus is actually highlighting this point that healthcare costs us money individually, not just in some, um, sort of far away place like my insurance company or my employer. So that's one thing it, it brings it home to people. I think that for marketers though, there is, again, I really see an opportunity to connect and support consumers. So I think people are freaking out. I, I watch a lot of news and it's getting, it's getting real. I think that what marketers can do is address it, right? And say, we're all in this together. We're all, you know, marketers, consumers, we're all people, we're all living in this world. We're all potentially exposed and we're all wondering, what does this mean? Where is this thing going? And I think to create a really human connection around the fear, the anxiety, and actually sort of the communal impact. This is not, you know, what I do personally affects other people and vice versa. That's not always the case in healthcare decisions. You know, if I get a knee surgery or not, 
you don't care. But if I get sick and go out, you know, go to work or go out in public, other other people could be affected. So I think there's a rare moment of uh, community in the broadest sense that marketers can, I think, acknowledge without exploiting, but just acknowledging and being real and authentic, I think could go a really long way. And I hear a lot of both, you know, empathy and service um, within that answer, too. Yeah. You know, one thing, there's been a movement or a, a trend maybe in recent years where consumers, and I think especially younger consumers, do care a lot increasingly about the values of the companies they patronize, right? So they, you know, if you're buying shoes or you're buying products, you kind of want to know that the company you're buying from shares your values. You can agree or disagree. Is that the role of, you know, capitalism or companies or whatever? But what what marketers know is it's it's not so much about how we think it should be. It's it's how it really is for consumers. And I think that idea of connecting on sort of a human level and and sharing some values with the companies we buy things from, it's increasingly part of the conversation and part of the equation for consumers. Our next guest is Dr. Dino Vigelis. Before joining the Rawls College of Business at Texas Tech, he had more than 10 years of experience as a consultant in a number of different industries, ranging from mining and construction to political campaigns and nonprofit organizations. Dino teaches graduate and undergraduate courses in marketing. Currently, he is the vice president of a research group that brings together academics from over 20 countries and is the faculty advisor for the Tech Marketing Association. His research interest focuses on digital communications and marketing and understanding the cultural interaction and symbolic elements from a brand and consumer perspective. How does a pandemic like the coronavirus fit into this conversation about marketing and how can marketers use this as an opportunity rather than a hindrance in an ethical way? Yeah, and I think that that last word is important doesn't it? in an ethical way, uh, not just because of the ethics that, of course, are extremely important, but because today consumers are more uh, suspicious than ever. Doesn't it? anybody that look like is trying to get an, an unfair advantage of it is going to be in problems. Doesn't it? Uh, so, of course, that you want to be very, very careful in how you use it. To be honest, this is something that, that I have been asking kind of question all day long. We don't know how this is going to go, how it's going to solve, etc. cetera. Uh, probably, and I hope so, that it's, it's gonna, we're going to have a solution and everything going to come to normal. However, I think the, the most important question is how that is going to affect in the future uh, in general, doesn't it? Uh, so, we, I work here in Texas Tech, and we just had um, an announcement that classes are canceled for a couple of weeks, and once we come back, everything is going to be learning. Uh, so now we're putting everything online. I was already teaching a couple of classes online, but it's different to think about a couple of classes now to full 100% of the classes done by the university online. Of course, then we're going to come back to the old ways. Mm. However, once you experience, experience that, if it's working, 
I don't know. I do believe that that's going to affect the way that we're going to relate with students and the way that we're going to teach in the future, even if we come back to normal. And if you go to a job place, I think it's going to be the same. Many people are working now from from the house. Can be this a tipping point for remote working or not? I don't know. If it is, that's going to affect society. That's going to affect the way that the brands behave. We already have trends, and I know that I'm going everywhere, but I think it's kind of Marketing is about understanding what is happening in the society. And if we think about how this year the delivery service explode and how the restaurant, for example, consumption have gone down in terms of going to the restaurant, you know, a little bit in terms of comparison with the delivery, could this pandemic again uh, provoke that to, go, to, to, to grow even more? Uh, it makes sense? Mm-hmm. So I think that in cases like this, the opportunities are in really understanding how the society is going to move with this. You know, uh, people are going to travel less, but if they stay at home, they're going to see more streaming. If they go... So really trying to understand how people are going to react. I think it's too early, but we can have some ideas in where it's going to go in the future. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, we were already seeing the Amazon effect kind of taking place. Um, people push button, get food delivered to their door, and that changes entirely, you know, the restaurant marketing space entirely um, with things like Amazon, Instacart, you know, all of these other third-party aggregators that are existing. Um, Yeah, to, to think that that's only one industry that's been affected by like the Amazon effect and like our worker is going to continue just to have the added convenience of, you know, doing things from their home, like work, like remote work. Um, Yeah, that can change uh, a lot of industries entirely in how they're doing their jobs. And I think there were trends that were coming anyway. The, the, the big question, and I guess it's going to depend on how long this is going to stay with us. The big question is, well, will this, and I, I believe that the, the answer is positive to this, is that will this affect, or will this make a tipping point in all of these situations? Now, delivering, working from home, e-learning classes, uh, are we going to really make the jump faster to the more virtual world than having kind of real experience? I do believe that it's gonna gonna make a huge push in that in that direction. Whatever is good or bad, we don't know, but it's gonna have a, an impact there. It's it's definitely just different, and will be yeah. something marketers will have to navigate going going forward. Andrea Allen is an award-winning author and consultant in communications, leadership, and business. She is the founder of Crossland Communication, a growth firm for innovative, world-changing organizations across the globe. She uses a unique and powerful approach that relies on positive consumer psychology, which definitely carried through to the rest of our conversation. You know, I'd say that anytime there is a tumultuous marketplace, um, like a pandemic, like Cambridge Analytica, where we saw all kinds of new, odd behavior in the marketplace, and we weren't exactly sure what to do. The best response is, again, focus on your strengths, 
Make sure that your audience, your customer acquisition, and your revenue is diversified. Um, if you have diverse streams of customer acquisition and you have um, consistent promotions, if you're not seeing the marketplace behave the way that you anticipate or your tools are not working the way that you anticipate, continue to focus on what works best in your company. Use the time to focus on customer diversification and income diversification and keep your mindset positive because things like this will always happen. Um, every few years, you'll the marketplace will see some significant change in behavior. And as marketers, it's our job to understand the bigger picture, the long-term picture. How do we learn from this? And what significant changes are going to happen in the marketplace? And where can we see an opportunity from it? And jumping off that, how can marketers use this as an opportunity rather than a hindrance? And how do they do that ethically? Absolutely. So a lot of people are shifting the way they work right now. So what some of our customers are doing is creating informational products about what they sell, because when people are not um, out in the world working, they often want to consume info products. So you might want to consider your product diversification. Do you have products that people need in a time like this? If not, maybe it's time to make something that people can use like that. Um, so I'm seeing a really great response for info products um, and reaching out to your community, asking them um, what do they need, um, keeping them focused on things that they feel good about and offering special incentives, giveaways, um, promotions that are exciting, things like that, I think will make the biggest difference. Joshua Lysik helps authors manifest the mission behind their voice. He's the world's only award-winning celebrity recommended number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter. He is also a Forbes contributor ghostwriter, a TEDx speaker, and a two-time published novelist. He has been featured in BBC Radio London, American Express, Yahoo, The Huffington Post, CarolRoth.com, and numerous other outlets. Since 2011, Joshua has ghostwritten more than 45 books, the majority of which are about marketing, entrepreneurship, and business. To say he knew a lot about this subject would be an understatement. I created um, basically a set of predictions. Here's exactly what we're going to see in the publishing industry and its effect on the um, the well the, the the coronavirus outbreaks effect on on consumers. So one thing we've seen from recessions in the past, as well as outbreaks, whether it's the H1N1 in 2009, Ebola in 2014, SARS 2003, uh, where there were significant numbers of people who were infected with these things. What type of product sold well? In publishing, it was books that offered an escape. Mm. So these are action and adventure mystery novels. It's romance novels. In 2009, I think it was quarter number one, just as the, the engine of the recession, the kind of recession was bottoming out at that point, romance novel sales increased 32% from the previous quarter. So being able to offer a low cost escape. And then that's the key, right? Luxury products, spending usually declines, travel, especially when the concern of, of country to country, the disease hopping, those types of, of um, genres of categories of books don't typically do well. 
But whatever your offer looks like, this goes back to the emotional value. How can you offer consumers an escape into a future that is brighter, that is more prosperous, and that is more hopeful than what we have now? So that's really one of the, the, the first things. Um, another thing is that people want to be led in a scenario like this. You know, if I, if I open my, my Twitter app, I see crisis, crisis, crisis. We all going to die. We all going to die. Tweet after tweet after tweet. Mm-hmm. And that leaves me like, wow, someone should step up and do something. Yeah. So in your industry, you can step up and do something. Today, strangely enough, it's been today, not yesterday, but today, I've gotten about a dozen emails from companies that I work with all saying the same thing. How to prepare for coronavirus, you know, in our industry, whether it's like food or travel or whatever. So just updating your target customers or your base of customers, what you're doing to protect them, to look out for them, to to help them prepare for what's to come will be very, very helpful. And you mentioned that you're getting a ton of emails today from um, places that you're either subscribed to via email um, and other companies that you work with around how to prepare for the coronavirus within your industry. Um, you know, that kind of goes back to the point we were talking about earlier um, about inundation. You know, does a messaging does messaging like that get lost um, when everyone is saying today, right? Um, here's how we can help you in your industry around the coronavirus. Like when do consumers tune out and when are they tuning in and when are messages like that important? Definitely at the crest of the curve of, of the wave, so to speak, rather than when it's kind of bubbling up onto shore. So to kind of explain that analogy, a month ago was the time, I think, the ideal time to get customers' attention about this. Because now people are like, Joshua, the ghostwriter, he's that guy who told everybody a month ago that this is going to be happening and that authors should adjust the content of their books for exactly what type of books people buy during an outbreak, during an economic downturn. So when you are early, rather than being kind of one of the pack now. Like I, I don't even remember who it was that sent the emails today or even what they said, but it was, we're gonna disinfect things. We're gonna switch to this. We're gonna switch to, to digital. You know, it's gonna be remote. Like, yeah, yeah, you're just part of the crowd, which you saw on the news. So it, 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 it comes off me, it comes off a little inauthentic because like I knew about this weeks ago. Shouldn't you have known about that as well? And what's a tip um, for marketers like around um, this, this pandemic and uh, now marketing to people ethically? Yes. So I think one of the most important things is to tell people what you are going to do in order to keep them safe. So in this, this most of this most really applies if, if there's going to be personal interaction in within your business model. You have a restaurant, you have an event planning company, you have an office, right? People come to see you what measures are you taking that were above and beyond what you've already been doing? And that's the key, above and beyond. There is a place we take, it was like a little, little kid's gym that we take um, take our son, my wife and I, and I asked them, so what, what, what measures are you instituting here? And they said, oh, you know, we're disinfecting this and that and that. And to my, 
to which I thought, you mean you weren't disinfecting this, that, and everything else before this? And so trust, credibility, that's what happened to the credibility in that moment. So let's emphasize what you're doing above and beyond, showing that you're going overboard. It's better to over-prepare than to show yourself as being overwhelmed with panic when that time comes. So allow your customers to know what they can expect. Show that you are ahead of the game. So for me, this was saying, you know, a few weeks ago, this is what this is the effect that we're going to see inside of the publishing industry. Here's what you can do now. So you could say I was out over my skis a little bit. But in this case, it's probably better to be over proactive than just simply reactive and look like one of a hundred companies showing up in people's inbox saying, what we're doing about COVID-19, we're going to be clean. We're going to not have people come into our office. Like, okay, that's the, that's the bare minimum. Now you look like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. I think that about wraps up our time here, but is there anything else uh, you wanted to share or add that perhaps I didn't ask? Yes, there's something else that I've, that I've thought of, and it goes back to the, um, the, the jobs to be done theory. I brought that up a few times, and this is going to apply to every company that's here. I've talked about value a few times, like helping your people, your target customer, see the value of what it is that you're offering. Right now, in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak, you have an opportunity to show that your tool is able to deliver all forms of value. So how is it functionally superior to alternatives in the context of people concerned about safety, health, gathering in public spaces? How is your offer keeping them safer? How does its functions, its features, allow them to be safer than if they're using alternatives? So there we have it. Marketing in the age of the coronavirus. While it's an overwhelming time, it's one where we can stay positive and serve those around us. As far as what this all means for how we do our jobs as marketers, it might be a shift in a direction that we were already heading. We've created this podcast to help you navigate just that. I want to thank everyone who was involved in this conversation. And I want to thank you for listening to the Market With Me Quickly podcast. I'm your host, Andrea. I do feel like I should mention that I made the turn to marketing pretty recently. Before this, I worked in newsrooms across the country. And to be honest, I was skeptical about becoming a quote-unquote marketer. I didn't know if my voice, authenticity, or moral high ground would be affected by that title or this field. I realize how silly that fear is now. I've learned so much, and I'm excited to use this as an opportunity to keep learning. That said, my goal here will be the same as it always has been when telling stories and creating content, which is to educate, engage, and help audiences in the way that I can. I'll be using a few different types of storytelling formats within this podcast, so every week probably won't sound the same. Obviously, we're going to keep this conversation going, and we'll be doing that with a heavy focus on consumer psychology. If you think you can bring some level of expertise or exciting knowledge that I wouldn't have otherwise, please reach out. You can email me directly at andrea at quickly.com. That is quickly without the C. While this has been a challenging time, I'm excited for what's ahead, and I hope this has helped in some way.